0: Greetings, all you Petra heads out there! Thank you for pressing play on Rock a Petrospective. I'm Lindsay Hall, and I'm Dave Hall. And folks, David, I am so excited about tonight. This feels like a real achievement for for you and the- I to have gotten to this point in doing these albums. We've really reached a peak. It's
1: oh, we have exciting episode. This is going to be fantastic I've been so excited Preparing for this I have had a ball Just spending the last couple of weeks Getting ready for this episode It is a climax of The first stage of Petra I guess if you want to call it that The first phase of Petra The Greg X Vols era We come to an absolute apex In in what they were doing And, and the result, an album that is just truly magnificent
0: i totally agree with you it's a total victory lap for the band the the road that they've been on the journey that it's been particularly for bob hartman from the beginning and going through that period where he didn't even know if there was a future in doing this music thing but here he is less than 10 years later the band is thriving their messages getting out there They're getting opportunities. They've grown. They are now headlining.
1: They're headlining in major arenas and venues with Mm. massive audiences and crowds coming along to hear their music, be a part of this ministry. And hundreds and hundreds of young people were coming to the Lord at these concerts. And that, I think, is the most important aspect. We, we need to remember it. Above all, this was a ministry about reaching out to people and bringing them to know the Lord. There's nothing more powerful than that. And these are
0: bittersweet reflections we are sharing because it's truly the end of an era, the Greg Voles era. This is his last hurrah as lead singer of Petra. Um, mm, you were telling me just now, and I hadn't known this. But quite literally, the concerts that were recorded to make this album captured in time and space were the three
1: last concerts that he performed. On the Petra Zone forums, one of the members has been doing research for years now, chronicling the touring, the, all the concerts that Petra have done since essentially the beginning of the Not of This World tour. And it's, it's very clearly, it's listed the, the, the concerts for Petra as noted on the cover, on the inside cover sheets, uh, that these concerts were recorded on November 21, 22 and 23 in uh, South Carolina, in, in the USA of 1985, that is. And the, the listing of the Petra concerts has the, those three, as the last three concerts of the tour before there is a break uh, following that break, just for uh, those amazing, wonderful people who who uh, know our little backstory, just after that break is the first time Petra ever toured Australia in February 1986, so Beat the System is the pinnacle of this era and it also... Uh, it also launched the international touring side of the band, coming down to Australia for the first time. We'll touch more on that a little bit yeah. later on. But, but for those of you who aren't, if you've been listening to this and we've been talking for five minutes and you're going, what album are you talking about? We are talking about Captured in Time and Space, if you didn't already know. Yes, it's
0: the final flying guitar album. Real, real quick, Dave. We got one more flying guitar album. This is the last that we will see of this motif. It it took a break for Beat the System, but it's back with a vengeance because we are treated to not not one flying guitar, not two flying guitars, but three flying guitars on this mm. album cover. Um, and and I don't know if it was hugely intentional, but you could see that as a as a reflection or a celebration of the albums that had come before and the journey that had led to this particular tour and this live album. Dave, do you rate the Captured in Time and Space album cover? You know,
1: what? I'm going to be honest. It's, it's okay. It's okay. I, I, I like the image, but I, I, I'm not sure it, I'm not sure it tops some of the ones we, we've seen before. I think it's fun. I think what makes this album cover a little bit you know the color scheme and 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 like you said the multiple guitars are there flying and and all going together but i just it to me it, it doesn't lack it lacks the the real depth of character that that more power to you one had and and, and possibly even uh, yeah, I don't i don't know if it even matches the not of this world one so yeah that's mm. my thought uh what about yourself yeah i agree
0: this is the cover's a little too graphic design like it it's not it feels less an illustration and more of a graphic design piece but i will say this it is an album that is burned into my brain um oh, yeah anytime you mention the name of this album i see the cover uh, yeah. it, it's it's a very a very welcome and familiar sight because so, so
1: so how do you compare it to Never Say Die? Yeah,
0: you know, it's not as good as Never Say Die. Okay. And so we're gonna be putting it ahead of Come and Join Us? I don't even know if I could put it ahead of Come and Join us. I'm gonna look. Yeah. If I'm oh, yeah, oh, I think that's, it, when, I think when that's we just, reasonable. When yeah. we just talk about the critiques here, David, I, I'm not even sure that I'd put it ahead of Beat the System. And you you know, people listening know how I feel about the Beat the System album.
1: Uh, well, it. It, and and look, that that's probably a fair enough reflection because it is as as nice as it is. It doesn't. It does. It lacks the the oomph that that bright light shining through in the beat the system one and the person sort of raising his arms to to cross out the glare and and the impact of that. It does sort of lack the impact that has. So. As, as amazing as we're going to – as much as we're going to gush over this album over the next however long this podcast goes for, we have our one real negative about the album, and that is its album cover ranks in at the bottom of the album ranking list. Dave, this is
0: an album, a, a transitional point for the band in more ways than once. Not only is this the last hurrah of Greg X vols um, but this is the point – at which Petra will decide to part ways with their longtime producer, uh, Jonathan David Brown.
1: Yeah, that's right. And and the two the two farewells are linked. So, you know, I think it's worth touching base on them for a minute. Greg X Volz's decision to leave the band is associated with he he was having the 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 touring schedule was starting to become to was to starting to wear on him and his family, and it was causing some some difficulties in his family life and home life, and so he made a decision to step away from the band. and Apparently, it happened quite early in the captured in time and space tour, and he he agreed to finish out what was basically the American side of the tour. And, and perhaps that's why the decision was made to record the live album, was to sort of bring that chronicle and that final element to, to, his, to his role in the ministry. So he chose to step away from there and, and, and move aside. And Jonathan David Brown, in, in his interview, online interview that we've referenced a couple of times in the, over the last couple of albums, he talks about the fact that when Greg made the decision to leave He felt he recognised. I'll read his words. He recognised the anointing on Greg and and decided to support him in what he was doing. He says he'd been thinking about maybe moving on anyway, but really, really believed in in what Greg wanted to do and wanted to work with Greg on his solo projects. So it was a decision. Jonathan David Brown's decision to move on is is tied in with Greg's decision to move on and. Uh, He wanted to support him and we know, and and for those who don't know, Greg did record some solo albums um, following his, his leaving of Petra. I mean, look, when you, when you look through the tour, they were doing a lot of touring in 1983, 1984, 1985. And they really only were breaking to record the next studio album. So they've been on the road essentially most of the past three, three to four years. And, um, you know, I'm sure that was – that. I can understand why it would be taking a toll on, on someone, on, on family life, being away from, 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 from his wife and, and kids, and I'm sure that would that had a massive impact on, on, on the decisions that he made, and I totally respect that. We grieve the loss,
0: the end of something special, but it's the right kind of reason. Greg X Vols went on to quite a solid solo career. He, his albums were very well-received. But, David, for every cloud, there is always a silver lining or two. And first and foremost is the true introduction of an absolute blast of a keyboard player. This man makes me think that it could be the most fun job in the world to make silly noises come out of your synthesizers for the delight and thrill of a crowd. Talking about John
1: Larry. Yeah, look, this is... um. I guess this is our real introduction to John. As you said, we spoke last episode about how John became a fully fledged member of the band at the tail end of the recording of beat the system and only did a couple of overlays on that album. So he wasn't really involved in the production of the beat the system album, even though he's credited on the cover. This is his first, we get the full concert, we get the full run of, of, of John Lowry And, and and is playing throughout the concert it, it is it, it's a real enjoyment to listen to he he obviously you know everyone has their different style and when you listen closely to what he does he does a lot of things different to what john slick does on the original recordings of these songs of now I'm obviously referring to the songs that were recorded on earlier albums and, and a part of this album. So there's a lot of differences in, in what he does. He brings some different elements. And if you watch the live recording, as in the, the video presentation, which is available on DVD these days, and you can watch it on YouTube as well, he is a, bun, he's a bundle of energy. He's a, he's, he carries a smirk and uh, he, he just looks like he's having an absolute whale of a time. Very quickly, we have
0: talked about this before, but it's appropriate to bring it up here, this new era involving John Lowry joining the band for this tour also involves the introduction of a figure that we're going to talk much more about next episode, but his journey with the band starts here. In point of fact, it starts right at the end of this album after they hop on a plane and go over to Australia. Australian audiences for the first time in their life getting the chance to see this great band, Petra, come. Thrilled out of their minds, I'm sure. They all rock up to whatever stadium had been booked out to watch. And when they get there, some dude comes out on stage that they've never seen before or heard before. David, who is this
1: guy? Who is this guy? This guy, as we'll document a bit more next episode, is the former lead singer of Head East by the name of John Schlitt. And for all I've heard, it was a big shock to the Australian audience that this happened. I had, I know some people who were at that concert and I remember talking to them about it because my introduction to this album, this is the second album I ever got. The first album I ever got was This Means War. So my initial introduction to Petra was John Schlitt's voice. And then this was the second album I got. And I was like, who's this singer? This is different. This isn't the same band. And I was talking to a friend at church who told me that this was the former singer and she was at the Beat the System concert in Australia and she talked about how no one in the audience knew that there'd been a singer change because we're talking about an era before the internet it was they arrived at the concert and the the concert set is um they they took this concert set into into Europe and there is a there is a bootleg of the first ever European concert with John Schlitt from the Beat the System tour. John Schlitt, the band basically launched the concert with Chameleon and they start the playing and John does the, the wail at the beginning of Chameleon and everyone was like, hang on a sec, this is different and, and, and all that. And then obviously at the end of the first song, they they announced that Greg had left and John was the new lead singer and, and they sort of moved from there. So John Schlitt's introduction to the band Links in quite heavily with the Beat the System tour. For every ending, there is a beginning, new doors open, and we're going to talk a lot more about John Schlitt next week.
0: But for right now, we are talking captured in time and space. We already have clued all of our listeners in to what we think about this album, and that is basically it takes Beat the System and it makes it good.
1: (laughs) To be really crass
0: about that. Um and I know and what of you gave a lot of we've had more feedback and more comments than any other episode on our Beat the System podcast and we appreciate all of you for feeding back. Quite a few of you have a, a real affection for Beat the System as an album. Absolutely fine. And some someone commented that it's possible that the the disconnect that you and I feel, David. Is largely because our introduction was actually captured in time and space. That was our first exposure to these songs. Maybe it would have been different if we'd come to beat the system first, maybe. Um, but what I can say is for all the sense that beat the system was a little too manufactured, was a little too industrial and, and in some places felt a little inert, all that has changed. It's quite simply because of the addition of a live crowd and the energy that comes from interactions with a crowd. But also now the whole band is playing for the most part with all the songs. But I do know the first song on this album through the intro, Beat the System, uh, the opening of the song is, that's clearly a backing track. That's a track. That was used for the album. Once that drum count comes in, those those four clicks on the sticks. Okay, now the band's playing live from the stage. Mm. Um, but that those initial, it's just too perfectly identical to the Beat the System album to be anything but a track. But still manages to make a, a real blast and a real impression. And it's they come out of the gates running,
1: sprinting. Oh, yeah. Oh, they do. I think. I think what really makes it there's a real depth and soul in the playing. You've got Mark on the bass, and what he's doing on the bass is really effective. He's he, he's plucking at the strings, and he's 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 really nailing in some nice bass hits. And 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 you've got Louis on the drums, and and there's a real. You can really feel the soul to it. You feel like it's being played as opposed to a programming. The interesting thing is that. Um, I was really paying attention to it. The Beat the System song itself, Louis is actually playing on a set of electric drums. Um, and if you watch the video, you can actually see just to the left of his drum kit next to his hi-hat, he actually has an electric drum set set up and you, you notice it more clearly in his drum solo later on. But you can hear it that he's playing the electric drums for Beat the System, but then when they move into computer brains and clean and move on from there, he's playing off the regular drum kit. And, uh, you know, right through, I mean, I, I, I want to launch because it really is so noticeable. I want to sort of cover these all as a set for a moment. Every song that there are seven songs on this concert that are on the, on the beat the system album. And every single one of them, except for hollow eyes, I feel is better on this album. The guitar driven, they have the soul of the beat of the drums and the bass guitar lines that are being run by Mark. The vocal, um, vocal accompaniment, the backing vocals have a real depth to them as well. And there, it's just a deeper, richer sound with Bob's guitaring really highlighting what he wanted. I almost feel that this is the way Bob and the band wanted the songs probably to sound originally.
0: In terms of the system songs, you couldn't well be right. A- another thing that really helps bring them to life is, you know, and I've, I'd i made the mistake in previous episodes of assuming that members of the band provided backing vocals on every album. We were corrected that generally that was just Greg doing all the backing vocals however you're live on stage you can't replicate your lead singer so that he can back himself fortunately he's surrounded by three men now who all have strong voices in their own right we know that bob generally has chosen not to sing anymore but we know he can sing he Mm. led the singing on a number of the early albums um, but mark is clearly a very strong singer and always been very interested in it um, and John will go on to be, you know, a key backing vocalist with the band through every album. Then on, but he he's a big harmony man. So now you've got four strong voices, and so when there's interaction and backing parts and the call and response, um, you've got live voices who are who are joining in. Again, just injects a whole another level of energy and livelihood. Beat the system. On this album, really, really encompasses that. Um,
1: Computer brains, you know. I think I think it benefits. Computer brains, I think benefits from a bit more guitar coming through, playing that riff that 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 he has going. It's still quite keyboard centric, but the guitar really picks up. But I love the live transition from computer brains to clean um and oh yes and i want to touch on this for a moment because there are some significant so there are a set if you're a petra fan there are basically four different versions of this album you have the double lp that was released you had the cassette which had the bonus song of the great i am you have the live VHS at the time recording, which has been converted to DVD now. And you have what most of us probably have access to now is the CD, the digital version on either CD or on Spotify or whatever you want to listen to. And the issue is to fit the time when they, when they transitioned it to CD to fit the time lengths of the CD constraints, there's a whole pile of little minor editing that's taken place that cuts out little features throughout the whole album. And one of them is the transition between computer brains and clean because halfway you get that that sort of flow that they have on the, on the produced version, but then the guitar sort of comes in halfway through it with a sort of a down, 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 that fades out like an echo, but they've cut that out of the, the CD version, but then they drive in with the, with the clean, the, the, the everything just hits at once with the guitar drive so prominent and so it, it's guitar-led and it really, it takes it to a whole nother level. This version of Clean is absolutely sensation. Uh, it, it is. This is a song that
0: works so much better live, it, even just little aspects like the reverb that you get from, you know, through the microphone from the voices in a live setting, um, just commands more authority.
1: I think Greg's vocals on this version of Clean are so much stronger. He, there's a real passion to his singing of this song on the album. And if you watch him on the on the on the live footage, on the video footage, he he is just. You can see that this song. I don't know what it is, but this song seems to have a, a meaning to his heart because he's just. Gutsing it out he's he's pushing it he's driving it there's a real gutso in his voice that doesn't exist on the on the production version in my opinion and I think his vocals are actually really driving the 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 power of this song as well
0: you know we get a really really wonderful rendition of Grave Robber, but it's it's led into by a very very brief testimony from it's, is it Mark? Uh, Mark? Oh, it's Mark, Mark. Kelly. Does the Sorry. introduction beautiful rendition of Grave Robber? Uh, beautiful that this rendition is outstanding. This it, is it is. This, I've this I've is. always I've always felt the ending of the live version. It, it's hard because when you're singing a song live, you've got to end the song at some point. Grave Robber works really, really well as a recorded song because the fade out on Grave Robber, you can't fade out. When you're performing it uh, live, I, so the, you always the ending of the song always just
1: feels so abrupt, just like oh it, it, oh here we are we're, we're done. Maybe a little, but I just think vocally, Greg takes it to another level on this live version. He he sings it with such passion. Um, he 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 just takes it to a whole nother level. This this live version of Grave Robber to me, this is. The pinnacle of Greg's singing with the band, in my opinion, like we we raved about the recorded version on Not of This World, but to me, this version takes it takes it up a notch even further. His range just accentuates it. He sings with passion. He sings with such heart, and the band playing under him. The, what I love about live versions is. You can get every now and then a tiny little bit of syncopation, or a little bit of drive, or something different. They just they're trying to make sure they're emphasizing something that they don't necessarily do in a produced version because they just keep the flow in the produced version and the emphasis that's put on on some of the some of the notes and and points of the song. Just for me, it, it just resonates so much. I can listen to this version of this of Grave Robber, and you, I can put it on right now. I I can. It's my. It is. To me, it is a better version than the not-of-this-world one.
0: I will not argue with that at all. I totally agree. Just that ending's abrupt, is all. Suddenly you're pulled out of this moment that you're in. A lot of talking on this album. I'll say this for, for Petra, although maybe this is just a characteristic of Christian bands in general. A lot of intros, a lot of talking. Now, I know a lot of it is gospel talk, and that's always good. Mm. But there seems like there's an introduction to every single song. But we get the version of Speak to the Sky that we always should have gotten because this is the difference between some kind of keyboard programmed intro doing that thing and a guitarist who is at the top of his game. Bob playing the opening riff to Speak to the Sky is just
1: such a great riff. It's such a good moment. It is. And what I love even more, it is actually played slightly slower on this live album than the recorded version on Beat the System. And that, it adds a little bit more to it. It, it, it doesn't feel rushed. Hmm. And like the guitar, like I, this is where I, I, what I was talking about before about how it feels like well, the way they really wanted the songs to be. This version is just something else. Like you said, the guitar intro just nails it in a way that it, like, it was like a bagpipe version on the, on the recorded album. Bob does is brilliant, but he's supported so well by the rest of the band. John Lowry on the keys brings the balance that doesn't exist on the, Beat the system version on the on the produced version. It doesn't feel balanced. This song feels balanced, it feels powerful, and it really just takes it up a little bit. The band, the backing vocals, the speak to the sky. I love the depth of the backing vocals on the someone will be there to take your call. That the, the depth of the vocal on the backing is just sent. It's just brilliant. Um, this this is another atmosphere to the previous version.
0: Now we get our introduction from John, the keyboard player uh, who who shares a very brief part of his testimony uh, about uh, where he came from and the difficult circumstances into which he was born and why possibly Hollow Eyes is a song that resonates with him particularly. I don't think this rendition of the song adds anything Particularly to the previous recording, it's it's but it's a it's solid, probably the one it's a beautiful that,
1: recording. It's probably the one song that essentially sounds the same as the album, as, mm. as it's It's probably the only song on the album that sounds and I'll talk about complete song that sounds exactly the same as what you can get on the recorded version. And this live version doesn't take it anywhere different. So, yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. It is, it is a nice. It it has a heart to it, but um, it's very much what you get on the on the album.
0: Now we get into a whole slew, a whole section of the album which I just love. Where it's the tasting paddle of Petra, it's the sampler section. It's a victory lap moment. We don't have the time to do every single one of our greatest hits, but we can touch on as many of them as we can. We get a bunch of medleys,
1: Dave. And these medleys are all put together so well. Oh, they are. And look, and the medleys, this isn't a unique thing to this tour. Petra had been using medleys from at least as early as the More Power 2 Year tours. There's a bootleg version of a More Power to You concert that I, I, I have a, a copy of, an MP3 version of, and that has a medley of older stuff on it. And then on... YouTube, you can actually find from the Knot of this world tour, a medley of a lot of early stuff in really, it's a really good condition medley as in it's great sound quality and it's older stuff. So it is a journey that Petra have always taken to, highlight stuff from previous albums, songs that they know people enjoy and can keep them in everyone's face without playing the whole song and, and taking the concert to a three- or four-hour event, which you can't afford to do. In fact, I really encourage everyone, if you haven't, look it up. The version of the live medley that's on from the Not of This World tour on YouTube, look it up. It is brilliant. If you haven't seen it, we've raved about a couple of songs, but they, it includes Come and Join Us. It includes Jesus, I'm Thankful, and it includes Backsliding Blues, and it has the most awesome battle between Greg X. Vols and Bob Hartman, where Bob plays a line on his guitar and Greg sings the notes, just does the note range, and they just battle going higher and higher and playing around with it. It is brilliant, and it leads into uh, the finale of, of that thing. So the medleys are fantastic. It's, 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 I, I question for you, Lindsay. And we were talking about this before we came on air, but I want to know is this idea, is this unique to Petra? Because I don't know of any other artist. I've never heard another Christian artist at that time or before. Or, or a non-Christian artist do something like this, sample bits of the songs, put them in a medley during live concerts so that they can still do it. I, I, are you aware of anyone who does that? Possibly not to
0: this deliberate an extent. Like bands that I think I have seen do it, just a kind of almost improvising uh, some moments and just deciding on the spur of the moment. Let's play a bit of this song. Everybody likes this song. I know you two do it a little bit, but again, it's not a, a, a hugely forward planned thing when they do it. I really, really kind of dig their choices of the songs. Um, i, I got to admit with the rock medley, their rock medley is not necessarily their greatest hits rock medley. Three solid tunes that work together really, really well. Well, um, and two obviously- solid
1: tunes and one of their greatest. And hits. one of their greatest,
0: obviously Judas Kiss. I
1: then- think the choice of it, though, I think the choice of it, though, stand-up has such a core start to it. I mean, it was the, it was the, it was the first song on the More Power to You album. It's got that we're launching into something, we're starting something because it's at the beginning of that album. So I think that was chosen deliberately as a starting point song. And maybe that's why they chose. That maybe that's my thoughts on, on the choice yeah. of stand up. I, I have to say
0: the mellow medley I think is flawless. That is a mm. piece of art put together. I, I tell you what,
1: when we when we when we talked about Not of This World, and we talked about the colouring song, and I was quite critical of the style and the sound of the colouring song. This makes up for it. Like you said, this is a flawless. The way they play it on this album. Um, without the pipe sound but a more keyboard um, synth string sort of sound underneath the the acoustic guitar this is I, I, I like this made this this song really valuable and and then the other two songs road design and more power to you are just beautiful songs well, to choose yeah,
0: this is this is the version of more power to you that brings brings tears to my eyes and is one that you, has always refreshed my soul. When When I've been feeling weary, when I have been feeling weaker, just listening to this version of the song is like grabbing a moment of rest. You know, obviously Dave, you and I have listened to the album a fair bit, we're very familiar with it, but for the purposes of this podcast, we also took the opportunity to review the live DVD footage Greg Vol, like the whole band, are ministering to the crowds that they have received. But Greg Vole's very particularly—he is—he's—he's a, he's a minister. This is you know—it's it, it, a hundred percent through the medium of music, but he is interacting in a way and, and inviting. He's leading in worship. He's leading in prayer. He is—he is offering moments for people to—to. To, seek some rest or to fill their empty their emptiness or or their weary souls Mm. it's quite a quite a privilege to think you know quite a a joy that you can capture that kind of a moment for posterity and and it can leave a legacy as it has done it's Mm. beautiful this leads into the bevy of of solos which we have John gets quite a huge section of, of this solo here. He, he, his is his divine. He essentially gets three, three distinct solos.
1: He does. And I wonder if this, it, joining the band, he brings, we we're talking before about how he brings something different. He brings a different element to the band to what John Slick did. And we've been very high praise of, of, of John Slick's contributions to the band. Um, And they're big shoes to fill, big shoes to fill. And John Lowry doesn't try to be John Slick. He brings his elements. He seems to have a little bit more of John Slick has a bit of a classically trained feel to him. John Lowry has a bit bit more of that rock, a bit more of that modern style feel to him, the way he plays, utilising different keyboards at once. And really, I think we get these multiple solos because he's, making use of different keyboard elements and different programming elements um, as he does it. Um, Obviously the first part of the solo comes out of the more power to your song and, and sort of the fade out and the flow. It's almost like an outro of the mellow medley. And I've always viewed it more as an outro of the mellow medley. And then we get what has got to be the most awesome and ultimate piece of keyboard work that I think anyone who has ever heard this album and anyone who was live when it happened has probably ever heard in their life, and that is Jesus Loves You.
0: This is such an 80s thing. This is something that could only come out of, of the 80s and that moment in time, that time when it was this big deal. You could record your voice doing something and then tie it in to the keys on an electric keyboard. And um, so he's recorded just just once he's recorded someone singing a refrain, Jesus oh, loves you. Have, you.
1: have you have you do you know the backstory to how to whose voice it is? Actually, I don't. The the voices for Jesus Love You are his children. He actually recorded it to have with him on the road and then used his own children's voices as the sample for the Jesus loves you and it was his it was I've I've heard him talk about it in an interview it was essentially his way of keeping his children with him and bringing them into the concerts when he wasn't with them so the voices for Jesus love you are John's children okay that's that is adorable and sweet and you know
0: you were saying before and I totally agree I just love the way when you see the live recording on the DVD the way he he, he begins his piece and when he finally lets his finger linger long enough for you to hear that this is not just a synthesized noise but it is the voice of someone saying jesus love you he turns slowly and gives the biggest and cheesiest grin to the audience assembled which elicits a tremendous roar of approval and he launches into the rest of the of the piece it, it's It's Look, it's a very, it's a solidly written piece of music that is elevated. It's equal parts, skillful craft of music and cheesy 80s electronica.
1: (laughs) And the thing is. He makes it it work. And the thing is, he became a staple of the band for the rest of his time in it. When I saw Petra do the On Fire tour in 1988, he did it there. And we know that he does it on the farewell album, the live farewell album as well. So it became a staple of of the of his playing with the band, his entire career with the band. So it wasn't a one-off thing. It, it was it mm. was something that that stuck, I guess, because of just how awesome it truly was. Yeah. And then he launches from there into a piece of music that. They call that that was entitled "The Race," yes. And which oh, is gee, it, this is talent.
0: It's credited to Laurie, so it you know it's clearly a, a, a piece he composed. But everyone's
1: playing, right? Well, the drums are playing with him, and the bass is a little bit in there underneath. But it is good. Bob's not playing, no. but it, until the very, very end. But it is it is a highlight of John Lowry's playing he is he is the star of that piece the 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 the, just the movement and the speed of his fingers on the keyboards and and when you see it on the the live version he's playing multiple keyboards throughout the the whole piece and it's it's it is a really it is a craftsmanship it really um accentuates just how good he is
0: Mm. now we've raved about john lowry's solos here and i feel bad that I don't have quite as much to say about Bob solo, but just because I don't have as much to say about it, doesn't mean that I appreciate it any less. It is an amazing solo. Again, we talk all the time about Bob Hartman's craftsmanship, about his musicality, just this superb ability that he has to make music. And it's all on display here. He is giving a solo that would rival any major guitar player in any major rock band of that era and beyond. It's just a phenomenal
1: piece. Oh, it it, it is. I mean, it is, it accentuates all his skills and he produces so many different sounds in this one. Um, I quite I really love this solo because it is a it is a diverse solo. He comes out of the race with sort of building a lead in it. Off he goes, he launches the fingers running up and down quick and then he slows it down and uses the, the, the wah bar to, to, to bend the sound, draw it out and, and bend the strings at the same time. And then he goes even quicker, moving his fingers up and down the scale and when you see, when you watch it as well, you see that he's using his other hand to, to bang different strings and notes as well and just takes it off and then he finishes it by launching into a chord progression that allows the drums to, to yeah, build he, in he, underneath he, it. He so sets up Louis' solo, the, yeah. The diversity of his playing here is, is just so, so wide and, and so fantastic and like you said, it just... Highlights how good he was and is. I should say, yeah, he still is that good. Yeah, well, he is. Yeah, he's, he's he's a very good he's a very good player.
0: Um, but yes, as you said, that sets up our our final major solo, Mister um, Louis Weaver, um, and you just get a good solid five minutes of Louis banging things, but banging things really really well.
1: And wow. this is where this is where I feel the digital version and even the the um, video version um, don't do it justice because if you listen to it on the LP or the cassette, it is much longer and much broader. He he utilizes his toms, he utilizes his kick drums, and he utilizes the electronic drums again. And he it just is a diverse sound. It builds, it slows down, it speeds back up again. Um, without ever losing timing. It's always at the same timing, but he just does more and less. Utilizes the symbols, utilizes the floor times, utilizes a double kick. It, it really emphasizes his skill. And I was reading, um, we spoke last week about Jonathan David Brown's um, sort of not using Louis for beat the system. And his interview actually talks about while they were touring, he really he and Louis were really able to reconcile their relationship and bring it to another level. And he says that he feels that on this tour, Louis really came of age as a drummer and really found himself and to the place that would allow him to be the, the ongoing drummer for almost the rest of Petra's ministry. Yeah. So this, this drum solo is, I guess, at the end of, this long tour to be recorded, this drum solo is sort of Louis really f- having found his place with the band. Yes.
0: You know what else he doesn't lose throughout the entirety of this solo? That grin on his face. <laughs> he, he's, he's having the time of his life there. He's actually, he, he reminds me a lot of... Um, just the way he plays and this grin on his face and, and, and his enjoyment and his involvement reminds me a lot of Taylor Hawkins, who was, who's, who's the drummer for the Foo Fighters. There's a very similar energy of this little white guy, you know, with, with a shock of blonde hair, just thrashing about massively and having a blast doing it. So, but we all come back together again for a rousing chorus of God gave rock and roll to you. Not too long. We're not putting the verses in here. We're just doing a chorus to remind everybody that this is one of the things we do.
1: And I I actually feel, I was listening to it earlier today. I think this version has more tied in with the original recording than on the, on the come and join us album than it does on the way they recorded it for beat the system. It actually the the way they're playing it feels a bit more old school. Come and join us style. Po- possibly.
0: The the only, I mean, the key difference there being the intro that they choose to give it um, mm. and
1: that they give it the intro from Beat the System. Beat the System intro, but then once they're into it, it actually feels like they take it more to the, the previous way it was played.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting reflection um but it's it's very fitting and appropriate that you know they include that song it, it's a been a key piece of the band's history it's great to have it on here for posterity
1: live and i think like we spoke about what we've spoken about before the i think the timing of it as much as the band is as at this peak and the, there's a lot more acceptance of them there was still a lot of anti rock in the in the in the church. And I, I believe it was intentional. They've done it at these, at the end of these solos, at the end of them accentuating their rock music talents. And then they remind us all that God gave rock and roll to us. I think it, it was included on their concerts with that intentional message that guys, this is a ministry of God. This is, this is pure. This is holy. This is godly. It is okay to enjoy this music. Hmm. Yeah. no, completely
0: agree. So we're we're in the final stretch now, we're on the B side of the second LP LP of the album. I remember that and you know just just to be really clear about this, it was the LP we had in our household Dave and I listened to that so so much in my later years of high school. Um, you know, you left it out with the record player, and just when I would be working on assignments or stuff in the front room on the computer, that was just a constant part of my soundtrack um, all the mm. time. And I, I got so used to just getting up. Always felt like the best kind of value. I have no idea how much you paid for that album, but to me, this oh, it was—it
1: was, was Christmas present. I got it for
0: Christmas, oh, well, even so I paid nothing for it. But you know, you get that, that's this is two records, two records <laughs> in the one sleeve. What great value, David. Um, anyway, I used to love it. It's a great thing. We get the praise medley. And oh. if there has ever been any doubt as to the true purpose of the songs that, that Greg Vols wrote um, in his tenure with the band, it, it's put on full display here. They are praise and worship songs. And he leads a praise and worship session with oh, whatever crowds are assembled.
1: What? There is so much energy coming out of him, and so much passion for these three songs. And I don't believe it's because he wrote them himself. I believe it's because the heart of these songs is that it's praise, it's worship. Let's lift God up. I think he just wanted to bring everyone into the presence of God. Um, it is fantastic. It, it's an absolute blast. Um,
0: I, you know, even with that that ten minute segment in without him, we can do nothing where he's just repeating that in the faces of all the members
1: of the band. Um, And again, this is where, this is where, if you don't, haven't heard all the different versions, you might not get it. But if you watch the, the, this is the difference between the video version and everything else, because the video version has bonus footage of without him, we can do nothing. It's not on the tape. It's not on the record. It's not on the CD. But it is absolutely awesome because it's it's just going out, bringing the crowd in, the audience with him, taking the band, just going with him, getting the audience interaction, and just letting this song linger and letting the power of without God we can do nothing. Um, the message is just driven out there and 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 bringing God to the core of it all. It is it is a absolutely sensational interlude that is sadly cut out of um, the digital version and the tape and the record, but go and watch it if you haven't seen it because it is just a whole extra layer to this, this part. And David,
0: I don't know about you, but I would pay money to have been a part of the conversation and find out who it was that said, you know how we should wrap this section up? We should use the Hallelujah Chorus as the finale. Bob, can you play Handle on guitar?
1: I don't know when they started doing it, whether it was for this tour or before. I know that it lasted beyond this tour and was included in future tours. But this is something else. I, I want to I come up with different adjectives because I don't want to keep saying the same words over and over again, but the hallelujah. And, you know, we come out of praise you, the Lord, praise and we and we get that acapella hit, you know, the band, the band stops playing and they are just going praise you, the Lord, and they're all singing, you know, John, Greg. Uh, Mark and Bob, they were all singing. And when you watch the live version, Louie comes out from the drums and he joins them for a moment. He's he's walking the stage with them. They're all singing. Then they build back in and then they hit. And he shall reign forever and ever. We're going to praise him and he's going to reign forever. It is the perfect conclusion to what is a perfect medley. Hmm. This is probably
0: probably the best moment on this album mm. probably the best the best track um but a- again we get a really good transitional moment like the the sound lingers they let the they let the atmosphere stay in and just ring for a few moments um
1: and then they start up on the next track and well actually you- before it's not it's not a linger because in the tape and the record, it's actually the end of the first act. Because it's they actually at the end of the hallelujahs, it's it's they thank everyone for joining them, and and then they're moving into what is the encore. Ah, oh, that's right. That's and so right. So that's not really picked up on the video, but they they wrap it up, and you get what comes in after that that leads into our next song is the launch in after. The, um, the the first act is finished. This is the beginning of the encore. And this, I want to talk about this for a moment because what we're talking about is we get visions. Yes. We get John yes. Slick's visions and we get John Slick's visions. This is not a different playing. When you listen to it, it is visions. So I'm wondering if this is a pre-programmed thing that's into... It's in the keyboards. It's programmed in. I'm not. I'm not convinced that John Lurie is playing anything different. Or if he's playing it live, he's playing exactly the way John Slick did because it is almost at the perfect intro here for the second act. Mm. Yeah. No, that's uh, uh, that's right.
0: It uh, and look, it sounds again like. It could be a backing track to me just to give the members of the band a, a few moments to loosen their arms and shake it out. Um It's look, certainly John Lauer is capable of, of playing mm. it and making it sound as well as it, as good as it does. Um, it is a perfect a nice interlude tribute.
1: piece. I think it's a nice tribute to John Slick as well. Oh, absolutely. It, 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 it's a tribute to... To a man who had so much to do with this phase of the band's ministry, and while he's no longer with the band um, anymore, he, he stopped before this tour and this album. I think they brought his element almost as a way. I feel. I wonder if you know if it was sort of like a we just want to pay pay tribute to what he brought to the band and the direction he helped us go in this era by we're going to include this piece that he wrote and that he produced. Um, into our concert,
0: hmm.
1: yeah, possibly, possibly,
0: but it it leads into what I would probably give the award to most improved uh, song in, in in the transition here, and it's remarkable um, how just giving a little bit of space to breathe, and and a little bit of a little bit of gaps in in the intro to God Pleaser actually builds more excitement and, and energy mm. for the song. That's those, those, that, those three note intros, but they just have these big, these big pauses between them this time um, that just, they, they get more of a, of a build up. Also the fact that we're playing just the full live band you know, it sounds better. Mm. It, the song as a whole, again, fullest sound, a fullest sound. Full sound to it. Um, it's and, and it and it. This is a case where it feels like a completely different song. To yes, to the I, beat I totally agree. Recording, no, it was um, not of this world. Not of this world. world sorry, not of this world. That's I, I meant to say that.
1: No, I have gotta agree with that. Um, I, the vocals—I um, think this is where the song also benefits from the the full vocal range of the whole band as well, not just not just the layered Greg vocals, but everyone contributing. And I, this is—we just we talked about the solos a minute ago, and the one the one thing I always wondered, and I've always wondered, is why doesn't Mark get a solo? Mark doesn't get a solo in there, but it's almost made up a little bit for it in God Pleaser because he gets a couple of standout moments on the bass guitar in God Pleaser, um, which which again, it just accentuates what they're trying to do with this song and gives it a deeper feel.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: then we get another bit of talking.
1: We get... um Uh, we get the altar call we we get get the the message this is this is the message this is the heart of the ministry and again different versions of this recording have different parts of this message the tape and the um album actually have slightly different versions to each other and the video has a nearly completely different element of it and um they each have different parts that were that were contributed into the message, but the heart of it is still there. Come to Jesus if you want to know Jesus. Here is your opportunity. Come and receive Him tonight. Come forward and receive Jesus. And the band give the call for people to come and follow Him, and that's the heart of the ministry. I, I appreciate that they do include part of the message, part of that altar call into to what it is because this was what the band was about, bringing people to Jesus. And what I really love is that they give space for it to happen and while it's not on the digital or the record, it's on the cassette and the video and that's the prophetic song that they play, Hmm. The Great I Am. Hmm. Yeah. I was reading, reading, which is brilliant. I was reading um, the interview with Jonathan David Brown actually says that this was a true prophetic song. Greg had been, the, the, the music itself, they'd been tinkering with and playing with the music as part of the, this section of the, of the tour. Like When they do the altar call, they were playing underneath it. But Greg just launched into this on this night and they'd never done it this way before and they never, it never happened again afterwards. It was so unique. Um, it, is, it is a prophetic song. Greg just sang from the heart and, mm. and, and let it come out. I'll 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 credit I'll credit this in a massive way.
0: Uh, I don't obviously I don't know enough about him, and I don't know his his faith background and what church traditions he might have been raised in. But Greg X Valls is a man who knows his scripture, um, hmm. and it's it's written on his heart, and it's available to him at the drop of a hat to be able to bring out um, at an appropriate point for a message. And the great I am, he's doing that. He's dropping scripture bombs left and right throughout mm. that whole thing. I, I, I did get a kick out of this, and I don't, it's the funniest kind of thing to notice when he's—you see the live version that the the DVD of doing—he's doing the great I am, and he's singing Jesus, Jesus, and um, it cuts for a moment to sort of over his shoulder, looking out at the crowd. And there's this one guy towards the front row and he's clearly someone's middle-aged dad glasses and a polo shirt and balding and stuff, but his hand is in the air and his eyes are closed and he's singing along with Greg Voss. Jesus, Jesus. Um, he is so in the moment and it's just, it's just this hilarious little glimpse there. Um, but you know, and, and I can laugh at it, but I don't, I'm not dissing it. I, I, I think um, it would have been really something quite moving and powerful to be there. Um, and of course, you know, what a way to sort of wrap up your message. You've, you've asked people to, to come and to know Jesus. You've introduced this. You've set it up. Now you are going to hit what is probably at the time the band's biggest gospel song in terms of encapsulating a gospel message within a song. Mm. Um, they're going to hit it and it's also, I don't know if it's their heaviest rock song, but it would it have to count among their heavier rock songs. On this
1: album? It's oh, certainly on goodness. this album. It's the heaviest. Oh, my they, goodness. They do have here. Have they taken it? And we talked about taking songs to another level. Compared to what was on the beat the system version, mm. this song rocks. Yes, my it is goodness, finished.
0: and you know so much of it, so much of it. Like, look, the energy is different from the start, and it's you know it, it's pulling you along. There's there's so much power in in the vocals and stuff, but it's that moment when they get to the end of the first that first chorus when they're heard the hammers pound, and Louis comes in on the kick drum with a, just a driving thud, 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 thud. Mm. Um, and it, yeah, this is slight tangent. This is a song I am surprised that a genuine metal band hasn't taken a stab at this song. This, this seems like it would be... The perfect song for a Christian metal band to to run with, um, but I've never heard a, a true metal cover. No,
1: no, I I I think anyone, I think any cover would would never be able to do it justice because Bob's playing in this out uh, in this song just drives it in a way that it really it really missed it on the on the produced version it, it drives it in, in, in a stronger way the solos are, are really strong like you said that the driving beat from louie is it, it is so much deeper and so much more powerful than the programming we got on beat the system this this song is just it is it is it is a a complete this is a complete rock song with a gospel message in it that i really feel that this version of it is finished is a near perfect song
0: yeah yeah
1: i'd go along with that um and and this is
0: certainly and i think this version of it and having heard this when i was a kid this is the version that certainly stuck in my mind Mm. but to such an impression that that you know, "It Is Finished" is one of the songs that I'm i most strongly identify when I hear the name Petra. You know, in the in the top five songs that pop into my head, this is one of them. Um, mm. "It Is Finished" is is so strongly related, and I think it's just on the strength of, of of this recording of it, it's it's brilliant, it's amazing, it's beautiful, it's powerful, it's huge. What an epic finish! What an epic album that is captured in time and space, David. Whew. Oh, my goodness.
1: Where is I, this? I, 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 don't, I don't think this could be any... Look, the only thing that would make this album better is if we had a version of Adonai on it. But apart from that, this album is is it's just so complete. It is, it is a near-perfect experience. It, it encapsulates a live experience, and that's what the band were trying to do, hmm. to give you the feel of a live experience. And... As we were saying before, it it brings to completion Greg's ministry with the band. We get his live performance, possibly one of his last live performances with the band, as we said before. He brings an energy and and a power to this album that just each of these live songs just has such a resonance to them that lasts forever. This is an album I can put on at any time. Yes. I can. It doesn't matter where I am, what I'm doing, what mood I'm in when it comes to, you know, with some bands you're like, oh, I've listened to that, that album a lot. I don't want to listen to that one for a while. And you don't listen to particular albums for a while. Captured in Time and Space is an album I can put on at any time hmm. and it's, I can listen to it and enjoy it. It gives a, a really good,
0: you know, it's it's the last five years for the band. It's it's a really good um, mm. encapsulation of that journey. Uh, and if you're trying to introduce people to Petra, this mm. is a good album to use oh, yes. for this era. Certainly, oh, yes. you, you know, we, when you step into John Schlitz era, you've got to think a bit differently. But for this era, this is a really good album to say get an idea of what these last 5 years have been about and even even some echoes of the very very yeah. early years um Dave what do you reckon is this
1: topping the list as the list stands Oh absolutely it 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 is head and shoulders above everything we've listened to so far um I, We've said it all so far. I I don't want to repeat everything I've said, but what they bring together on this live album, the performances, the depth, the feel, the emotion and the drive and passion of the band just comes out in such a way that it takes every song in it and makes it speak to your spirit um, and and draw you nearer to God. I, I can't. It, it, to me, it is, at this point, their number one album. I don't think anything comes close. Right on. Right on.
0: Okay. Um, I'd have a hard time arguing with you about it, given, given my affection for this album. Um, I, even though I am on record as saying subjectively that Not of This World is personally my favourite, but... Putting my more objective hat on, I struggle to go past this one. As as much as I think uh, more power to you is is a phenomenal achievement, um, this is just you know maybe it's cheating because this is a double album. You know this has got more more room to, to do things with, but
1: still, um, I I agree. I, I, I think th- think that we're topping. I think the difference between this and every other album is there's really no weakness. The other albums, we're always finding there's a song that maybe doesn't quite work or doesn't quite cut it or whatever on this album. It's they've taken the best of the best. They've taken songs that are going to resonate. They've, 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 brought heart and they've brought soul and there's no weakness in my opinion and that's why it sits up there as our number one album to date for Petra now let's talk let's talk
0: the list Dave because we're making the playlist the playlist where where a few amendments that are going to happen they're going to change the playing field a little bit
1: I think the First Amendment we need to make for about the last three or four recordings of our podcast, we have had three songs back to back to back. Praise you the Lord, let everything that hath breath, and without him we can do nothing, have been a trilogy of songs together. In my mind, the praise medley takes all three of them up a notch. And I'd like to suggest that we remove the three songs separately and put into the playlist the praise medley uh, it brings the best of all elements puts it together and it counts as only one song, one song which allows us to add some extra songs into the list and you get a little bit of classical music
0: attached to it as a bonus as well um look that's a no brainer obviously we now, roll
1: we roll the three songs I've into, got to ask you though yes does the praise medley? Does the way it's played here? Does it move it higher up the list? So what it's was currently it? sitting? At, it's currently sitting at number sixteen on the okay. list. Above it is Not by Sight.
0: Yeah, I think I might. I think this might overtake Not by
1: Sight. Above that is Beamer C. Yes. I'm taking this. Well, that is the colouring song.
0: Uh, I'm pausing. I'm hesitating now, um, and I think I'm going to say no. I think I'm going to sit here, Uh, but I'm open to discussion if you
1: if you think it can go higher. Look, I think I think this is where we um, we run into personal preferences. I'm not as big on the colouring song as you are. I I feel that the drive and heart in the praise medley is over overruns the hype sound to I feel is a little bit detrimental in the colouring song. I personally think it should go above the colouring song, but I, I think this that's that's my personal preference on on the colouring song and 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 my struggle with that song in its own right. What's above the colouring song at the moment? Road to Zion. Mm, yeah,
0: I'm. I'm. I think I'm drawing a line here. I, I, At the colouring I, song. I, I think. I think we're we're sitting just under the colouring song, you know, by okay. by less than a hair, but
1: the hair is there. Okay, so. Praise Medley has moved up the list, okay, and is now sitting at number 14 on the on the list overall. Uh, so let's have a look at some other songs on this album and see where they fit. We left several songs out of our considerations after Beat the System that I believe are going to come under consideration now. And I think the first of those is going to be Clean. Yes. Oh. This live version of Clean is powerful and driving. And as we've we've talked all about how it's different from the previous version, where do you see it sitting? What song do you compare it to? Um, where, let's get a starting point. We'll look, to use our previous starting point. Where do you see Clean as opposed to... The praise medley and the coloring song, where we've just drawn our last line.
0: I think I think Clean's closer in contention with Chameleon. So look at that. Okay, we're going up. We're going up that high. That end
1: of the list,
0: and we start.
1: uh, Let's start with Chameleon. Where do how do you compare Clean to Chameleon? And this is where it gets interesting because I think. I, 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 I really think the power of chameleon and the and the vocal hit and the and the intro of, of that are, are very, very unique. I'm not sure Clean reaches the strength of the vocals in chameleon mm. and the and the breadth of, of style that they bring with the with the speed of the guitar and and what they're trying to do in that song.
0: just running the song through my head a little bit here as I'm thinking. And I think I agree with you there. I, I think it's not, it's not beating out chameleon, but it's, it's right. in the below same. below Chameleon
1: in that same realm. So below chameleon is taste and see. Mm. Ooh. And I think this is, I think it, I think yeah. it sits above taste and see.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: We're in agreement on that one. I think it sits in there okay so that slots in there all right um do well i mean i don't want to be the only one to drive this uh, and before we go any further down the chain i personally don't think beat the system or computer brains get into the top 25. no um i i don't either now i
0: i've i've been really really revisiting beat the system particularly and um it comes close sometimes because I realize there's something, the intro to beat the system is actually really, really compelling. Um, I've realized that if I'm ever, if I ever make a movie, David, I'm going to use beat the system in the score of the movie at some point. I don't know anything else about how I would make the movie, but I want that just because it's just such a great intro. Um, but as a song, the song as a whole, I don't think really carries the strength, the same kinds of strengths that Petra's other songs do. Yeah. Um, so-, right. so
1: that that's fine. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say right now, Grave Robber, we are replacing the grave robber in the playlist with the live version. Yeah, I think it is a better version. It takes it up a notch and is going to be a hard song to knock out. And Grave Robber is already sitting at number one. Yep. So we're going to go through a couple more songs and see where they sit, whether they're going to compete with Grave Robber. Let's wait and find out. Mm. So where do you sit on Speak to the Sky, our new updated version of Speak to the Sky? Look, I
0: I, I feel the same really as, as, as Beat the System when you boil down to it. I love the live version of Speak to the Sky particularly playing you know the way he plays that intro Bob on the guitar it, it just elevates the song to a whole nother level it, but I, it, it doesn't overall raise my opinion of of the song lyrically um, mm-hmm. and and you know and the melody of it. it it's it's a solid Petra song but it does not rank amongst the best of Petra.
1: All right. Well, for, for, for the reasons that you've knocked on Speak to the Sky and, and said that it doesn't hit this top 25, I'm wondering if the new updated version of God Pleaser, if its style is enough to bring it into the list because it's not currently in the list. No.
0: Um, oh, gosh, we're close on
1: that one. Uh, what's at the bottom of the list? So at the moment, um, coming up from the bottom, we've got "Come and Join Us" at the bottom of the list, and I actually think "God Please Up" is is I could put uh, this above and "Come and Join m- Us." After that is Jesus. I'm
0: thankful. Again, I, I can I can go above. I'm
1: thankful. Hollow eyes. Ah. Why are you're thinking about that, above Hollow Eyes is Mary's song, and I guess consider whether or not God Pleaser takes over the spot for either one of those. Because I think the song above Mary's song, it's not going to compete with. I, I don't. So I it don't comes think down I'm to whether it, you see it fitting here in this spot.
0: Yeah, I don't think I'm putting it above Mary's song. Okay. Um, what about
1: Hollow Eyes? And I
0: don't think I'm putting it above Hollow Eyes.
1: Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna pop it in underneath hollow wise but above god pleaser above i'm thankful we're talking about god pleaser all right let's bring this to completion and finalize the best 25s of the greg x vols era we could say uh at this point hold a second yeah we've got
0: one song to go okay sorry all right oh, all right there we go fair enough it is finished. Yeah, it's live on there. version. It's on there. Um, it's I'm on the top end. I'm going to go up, end. The, I'm go up, to, the up end. to the top.
1: We've talked about chameleon because I believe it's better than clean. So yes. yeah, it's better than versus clean. chameleon. I think it's better than chameleon. I'm putting it at a at a high level than chameleon. After um, chameleon is before above chameleon is Yahweh love. I'm putting it above Yahweh love. Yes, I would agree with that. Adonai, I think the lyrics of It Is Finished and the drive on this live version are better than the produced version of Adonai. I'm
0: I'm putting this above Adonai. The caveat is that when we get all the way down to Back to the Rock, Adonai this might mate, come back. With might evictions. come back
1: over the top. I agree with that.
0: <laughs> but for but right the now. This version
1: of Adonai. And that's why um, I really wish they'd had a live version of Adonai on this album. I don't know if they yeah. did on the tour, but... I really would have loved to have heard the live version then because i tell you what, I'd really be interested to have a conversation about a live Adonai 9 985 and a live Grave Robber. I think we've had a great conversation. Mm. Judas Kiss. You know what?
0: I think I'm putting It Is Finished higher than Judas Kiss, acknowledging that now we're getting into territory that's really fraught and people might yeah people I, might disagree I, I, with
1: me hard on that one you know i think the drive in the live version of it is finished the power of the guitar drive the 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 the, the, the drumming that 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 banging of the drum that we spoke about almost feels like the beating of of the um of the nails it it, it is a next level, I think, Greg X Volz's passion in singing this song live um, trump a produced version of Judah's Kiss. And I agree with you. It goes above Judah's Kiss. So now the ultimate conversation, how do you compare it to Grave Robber? My personal position is I don't think it tops Grave Robber. I think there is a depth of heart and there are are different feel of song. They've got similarities in terms of speaking about what the power of what Jesus has done, but Grave Robber has a hope to it. Grave Robber has a spiritual hope and a spiritual energy that I think is just slightly deeper and slightly stronger than it is finished.
0: I think, I think you saying that just now puts me in mind of the fact that a big part of Petra's ministry is about the encouragement of Christians, of believers in their faith. Um, and Grave Robber is a song that does that. It Is Finished is a song that tells the gospel story. Um, mm. Both are incredibly valuable, very, very important, huge key parts of ministry. But I think I'm in the same boat as you. I think Grave Robber holds its place, um, and a part of it is that is that it, you know, it, it's pulling, it's doing double duty as a song. There, mm. it, it, it's 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 introducing Christ to people who might not know him, but it is
1: also encouraging the believers that do. So mm. uh. so here we go. So our overall to date best 25 songs of Petra and officially the best 25 songs of the Greg X Vols era. And I will be putting this up on our um, on our Facebook page in the next couple of days. If you want to make the playlist and listen to it, you can do that. I encourage you, you'll have a great time. But we're going to start at the bottom. And I'm just going to note that we have 25 songs. Come and join us as dropped off the list. At number 25 is Jesus, I'm Thankful. God Pleaser is at 24. Hollow Eyes is at 23. Mary's Song is at 22. And Angel of Light is at 21. We then move in to Killing My Old Man at 20. Nineteen is God Gave Rock and Roll to You, the original version, the Come and Join Us version. Um, Above that is Not by Sight, uh, and above that is Beamer Seat. And sitting at number 21 is the Praise Medley, the live version of Let Everything That Hath Breath Without Him and Praise You, the Lord, as well as the Hallelujah Chorus. Then we move into a little mellow patch. Coloring song, above that is Road to Zion, More Power To You, Not Of This World, and then the backsliding blues sitting at number 11. And so our top 10, at number 10, All Over Me. At number nine, Rose Coloured Stained Glass Window. At number eight, Taste and See. At number seven, the live version of Clean. At number six, Chameleon. At number five, Yahweh Love. At number four, Adonai. At number three, Judas Kiss. At number two, It Is Finished. And the number one song is Grave Rubber. So that's our best 25 of to date and also the best 25 of the Greg X. Volz era. Next week, we will be starting an extra little playlist because we're going to, as well as have our overall best 25. We're going to be popping in a little best twenty-five of our new lead singer, and it'll be interesting to see how that uh, that builds over the next uh, next time period. I guess that's a little bit of a preview because uh, next week we're gonna we're gonna get back to basics. We're gonna get back to we've moved out of this heavily produced computerized era. We're gonna get back to the street.
0: Very subtle, David. Um, yes, no. It, we we've reached we've reached the end of an era, guys. End of the era with our favorite band. End of the era with our uh, uh, of our podcast. Almost like I feel like we've gone past the that really formative new podcast stage, and we're graduating into something now. I want to take a moment and just say a tremendous thank you to all of you who are listening and who are interacting with us. Um, Dave and I just thought this would be a laugh to give a try. Um, and now we've got a whole bunch of people all around the world who are listening on the regular and it seems to be growing a bit. Thank you for, for putting us on the radar. And and those of you who have been talking to us, thank you for interacting. It's just super great. It's so wonderful to be engaging with Petra fans all around the world, and just celebrating our love for these guys and and the music, and the ministry that they've they've had uh, in our lives. Um, David, I don't know if you want to say anything to
1: our peeps out there. No, I think I think you've said it all. I, I, we've appreciated your feedback. We appreciate. Um, everyone being respectful in their feedback more than anything and recognizing that we all have different tastes, but I really love the conversations that have been happening. And um, I, I, we really appreciate everyone uh, who uh, gives us feedback and responds. And more importantly, we just appreciate there are people out there who are enjoying this journey with us. And uh, we hope that you'll stick with us because it's not over yet. Next week, we're going into a different phase and a different era uh, but one that for many people is what they've known as, as Petra most of their life and I think it's going to be a great journey from here. So just before we go, we don't often do stuff like this but I've got a bit of a
0: merchandise spotlight. For all you Petra fans out there, if any of you have not heard about this already, I've recently been turned on to an online store girder music g-i-r-d-e-r musiccom they are a christian music company they in addition to being your one-stop resource for getting old school formats of, of music that you may want to stick in your car and listen to on your journeys uh, they also occasionally undertake the long and meticulous process of remastering and re-releasing old albums. And, David, I don't know if you've spotted this anywhere online, but this came up. They are about to release a remastered edition of Beat the System. They're releasing it on vinyl. It looks beautiful. It looks gorgeous. Um, Releasing
1: two others as well.
0: And I know This Means War is... uh, is is on the is on the cards for them. That will be done in military green, people, mm. uh, and more power to you in a radiant blue. Uh, all of these will come with posters, um, and let me tell you guys, these just look utterly fantastic. Those of you who are collectors out there, these are really great albums. These are really really great vinyls to to get a hold of so go and check out gerdamusic.com and put your name down for their ordering list uh before these things get sold out because i don't think they're going to last long absolutely totally agree this is actually making i'm i'm I'm, i think i'm going to go and buy a record
1: player david um and uh and you have to invite me up because you've got my records well that's true yeah yeah. Yep. so do it and we'll have it we'll have a Petra listening time. Sounds good man. All right Dave
0: thanks for coming this far with me and thanks for being willing to go a bit further. I'm having a blast
1: I, I, I it's been it's been a great journey so far and I am so excited to move on to the next stage of this journey. Um, to all our listeners thank you once again. we appreciate you joining us. We thank you that you have been captured in time and space with us today. And uh, we look forward to getting back to the the street next week. But just remember, everyone, Jesus loves you. For I'm Rock, I'm Lindsay Hall, and I'm Dave.